$34 billion. That's the amount that Ant Financial is set to raise in the world's largest ever IPO this week. Most people think of Ant Financial as a fintech company because it owns Alipay, one of China's two largest mobile wallets. But the reality is Ant Financial is also an artificial intelligence company, and part of its secret sauce is the company's ability to target hyper-personalized offers and advertising to consumers using its mobile app. In this edition of FinTech Friday, hype or reality, AI, and personalized card-linked offers. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on October 30th, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. 49%. In a recent Cardlinks Association study, that was the number of respondents saying that the most promising new commerce technology is card-linked offers, or CLOs, embedded in mobile wallets. But in reality, the ability to receive a personalized offer on your mobile wallet, well, it's been around for over five years in markets like China, where both the Alipay wallet and WeChat Pay serve up offers and discounts to consumers based not only on their past spending, but also based on which card the consumer chooses in their mobile wallet. And that ability is part of the reason that Ant Financial and its Alipay unit are valued so highly at over $250 billion. So what is actually new this year is not the technology, but it's the fact that during the pandemic, Americans, Europeans, and Africans are finally using their mobile wallets much, much more often and discovering the advantages and ease of use of being able to match an offer to a mobile payment transaction. But it turns out that presenting the right offer to the right consumer at the right time is not as easy as it sounds. You need some really good AI for that. Today on the show, we speak with Omar Rafi. He's the CEO and founder of Crowd. Crowd is an AI and analytics company that helps banks and other card-linked offer programs build hyper-personalized CLO programs. We talk about AI, hyper-personalization, and super apps. Good morning, Omar. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Sylvia. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, sunny and hardly any clouds in the sky here in San Francisco. And Omar, where are you today? I'm in uh, in London. I can't say the same here. It's quite quite gloomy and uh, dark and and wet. So uh, I envy you just slightly. Yeah, yeah. Well, London's a beautiful place and has its own charms. Maybe rain being one of them. Um, <laughs> Omar, you're you're the founder and CEO of Crowd, spelled with a K. Tell me a little bit about your company and what you guys do. It's a crowd with a K. <laughs> that's correct. Couldn't afford crowd.com with a C, so uh, that's the background on that. But uh, we we partner with banks to help improve customer loyalty and spend through personalized offers. So, of course, with the Cardlinks Association, you've seen a few companies working in that space. We've focused on a couple of areas where we try to innovate and provide better solutions to what is existing in the market today. And why the name Crowd? So yeah, so, so Crowd has nothing to do with Cardlink offers, or at least the original name Crowd started when we were initially building an app 
that was supposed to help people make quicker and better decisions. And I don't know if you've come across the concept of the wisdom of the crowd. So we were using information from the crowd to help people make quicker and better decisions. The wisdom of the crowds, and there's also supposed to be a lot of wisdom in machine learning and AI, and that's an area that you guys focus on and help banks deploy. You know, there's been a lot of hype about AI and machine learning, and, and sometimes the, the hyperbole has not really been matched by reality. What are some of the areas within payments and offers where actually the hype is coming to fruition? And specifically in AI and ML, what, what are some of the areas where you've actually been able to implement those technologies in a way that actually moves the needle and makes a difference for, for big banks. AI has been seen as a hype, mainly I think in fintech. Because if you look outside of fintech in the last 15 years, AI has made a huge difference to the world. Now, now fintech, unfortunately, hasn't seen that same level of growth of AI. And it, I think it comes down to a couple of things. It's the players that you're dealing with. Financial institutions are mostly old institutions uh, that have been around for you know close to 100 years or more sometimes. Uh, they're quite slow and moving. They're very bureaucratic. There's a lot of regulations around them. Uh, and the data that they're obviously dealing with is quite sensitive. And that's why if you look at AI within the fintech space, the main areas that it's really done any significant work is on fraud detection. Lending is another area. I think that we've seen quite a few fintech players using AI and ML quite effectively. Uh, trading potentially, but that hasn't necessarily translated into the most famous fintech companies. If you look at the, the most famous fintech companies, they're actually not very innovative in what they're providing, right? I mean, think of the digital banks, money transfer, payment processors. What they've really done is more optimized, reduced cost, digitized. As I said, it's, it's part of the entire ecosystem that isn't really helping drive that momentum in AI. And, and I think on the back of that, you're seeing a dearth of AI talent in the space because if you're trying to ask a PhD to come work for Amazon or Google or Microsoft or a large financial institution, you know the, the difference in what they can create and develop in the former companies is just massively larger than you know focusing on you know, fraud detection and lending all your life. So it's not actually a great career move. And that's potentially part of the reason that we're not seeing as much innovation in this sector. Yeah. And you talked about a really interesting dynamic that companies like Amazon and Microsoft, which happens to be a Cardlinks member, you know, they they attract talent. They attract the PhDs from the leading institutions around the world. They're really experts in ML. Now, it turns out that you at Crowd have a bunch of these guys with big brains that know how to write algorithms. And you actually deploy those to implement new capabilities for banks in areas like targeting offers, increasing consumer digital engagement. Can you give me some examples of how you do that and how you basically solve the problem for banks that maybe they're not as the most attractive places to work for an AI or ML PhD, but you guys are at Crowd and, and how do you actually help these banks deploy some of these services so that they can compete with the likes of Amazon and, and PayPal, et cetera? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's always important to keep PhDs excited about the future and what they can build. We're quite ambitious in what we want to do and, and how we approach card-linked offers and personalized offers. What we focus on is very simply personalization and sourcing. And this is where we've innovated and helped banks improve their conversions by 5 to 10x. We've helped improve the depth and breadth of the offers significantly as well. 
innovations that we've worked on, for example, is not relying purely on transaction data. So how can you understand customer behaviors by only looking at a merchant ID, at a merchant descriptor, at a merchant category code? So we've been sourcing from the beginning hundreds of millions of data points externally to help us build a knowledge graph of merchants so that we can understand what are the attributes that customers care about when they go to a store and what other stores have similar attributes. So when we do provide an offer to the customer, it's actually genuinely hyper-personalized. And then when it comes to the offers themselves, as I mentioned, you know, we're getting offers that are sometimes 5 to 10x deeper. And when we say deeper, we mean better values, as in higher discounts, than what banks are typically getting. And the reason for that is because of the way that we source offers. So the personalization we've just talked about, but then on the sourcing offers, we've created what we call the offer bidding marketplace, which has gotten a lot of interest from merchants and has shown to be very valuable to merchants and allowing them to create tactical campaigns in an efficient and an effective way. Not only are we making it efficient to onboard merchants and to distribute them in a personalized way, but the fact that they're all bidding against each other naturally improves the offer that's going to the customer. And it becomes easier for us to convert the customer because not only is it personalized based on all the data we have on them through the transactions and third party, but it's also a valuable discount. It's a behavior-changing discount. And that focus has given our PhDs enough work <laughs> and definitely have enough work to do to, to keep them busy. Really interesting. Now, Crowd is based in London, but you have a pretty international portfolio of customers in many countries in the Middle East, in South Asia and Southeast Asia, including India, and of course, across Europe. You're clearly in an innovation space, but I'd be interested in your perspective on which region of the world or which country are you seeing the most amount of innovation in the ML personalization hard-linked offer space? From a fintech perspective, it's definitely Asia that's moving forward. And for a couple of reasons, I think one is they were underdeveloped in the past, so they skipped a couple of hurdles to get to where they are now, which is you know predominantly becoming cashless societies, mobile first. You know, there's, a, there's a huge growth in super apps. Typically, payments has still been very focused on banks in our region. But in Asia, it's not the case. We all know about Alipay. We know about WeChat. I mean, most transactions are happening on those apps. What that also does is it puts a bit more pressure on the banks because they see that there's a lot of encroachment on their ecosystem. And you've seen regulations have opened into similar to PSD2 type regulations along the lines of open banking. So that's helped banks to move into innovation a bit more. And I think there's become a lot of competition as well. And that's actually quite interesting. So Everybody wants to be a super app these days in Asia. I mean, it's, it's literally from online laundry operators to ride hailing companies to mobile operators to, you know, you name it. And they're all calling themselves super apps to the point where banks are actually now trying to become super apps. So we're, we're actively moving into the Indian market and there's quite a few banks that are allowing their customers to do many different transactions on their app itself. For example, booking flights, booking cabs, ordering food, and the list goes on. So that only happens when they actually feel the pressure or feel that fire under them from all these truly innovative platforms that are out there. Yeah. I mean, what's your thought on that in terms of this new age of super apps? Because in an environment where digital engagement is so important, the reality is most consumers are really going to have maybe five, six key apps that they use a lot every day. 
So it's unlikely that every company can be a super app on the consumer's mobile device. Do you think that's a winning strategy or is it really only a winning strategy for companies that have gigantic scale? Oh, absolutely. As I mentioned, you know, you're getting laundromats trying to build super apps. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. There's way too much competition. There's going to be consolidation. And it, and it really comes down to, I think, a few players that can probably pull this off. In China, there's really two main players, I believe. In India, I think there's still yet to find out who that super app is going to be. The more activity there is in the space, the more it makes banks realize that you know, they have to innovate, otherwise they will be a commodity. There's just no way around it. But we've also found that working in partnership with banks and non-banking apps is a winning opportunity as well. The bank will be our, our core partner, but those bank customers are active on apps outside of the bank, right? So how much time are you spending on your banking app? Well, unless you've got a lot of money, probably not a ton of time. So how can we reach you? outside of the banking app. And that's where we're finding partnerships and non-banking third-party apps. And the bank is obviously benefiting because that offer is linked to the card. And that's the end goal of the bank, right? I mean, yes, they probably want their app to be more engaging and get more customers on the app, but the real end goal is increased spend, reduced churn. Now, you work with a lot of banks implementing CardLink offer programs, and the industry data that we have collected at CardLink shows that really most banks either have a card link program in place or are thinking about implementing one, yet there are common pitfalls. What is the most common mistake that you see banks make when they're launching their first card linked offer program? I think the first thing is trying to do it themselves. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's never a good move. Just because we talked about speed to market, so we know the banks don't move very quickly. Quality of the team, you know, can you attract you know, high, high quality data scientists into your team. And the last thing is market share. So if you're a bank by yourself trying to source offers for your existing card base, unless you've got a huge market share, you're never going to be super attractive to merchants. I think the other ones, I mean, once you get past that, some things that we, we sort of have to wrestle with with banks and, and other non, non-banking institutions is they're very keen on always on offers. So they'll always ask you, so what's your portfolio of offers? What offers do you have? And we're like, well, we don't have any. They're all tactical, right? All our offers are tactical. We never run an offer for more than a month. And that's because it's it's only valuable to the merchant to be very tactical. And the more valuable it is for the merchant, the better the offers are, the more valuable it is to the customer. And I think finally, the other thing is communication. The communication channels aren't necessarily great. So I think there needs to be work done there, which we're actually actively now exploring with banks and, and seeing how we can go beyond the bank to reach their own customers, which is quite exciting. Thank you very much, Omar, for your insights. It was a real pleasure speaking with you today. Likewise. The pleasure was all mine. Glad we could catch up. Yep, and we look forward to having you back on the podcast in the future. That's Omar Rafi, the CEO and founder of Crowd, based in London, United Kingdom. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on keeping it real with AI. So often when we talk about AI, we're also talking about, well, virtual reality. However, as we've learned today on the podcast, AI can drive real value for banks and platforms that publish card-linked offers. Increasingly, AI is being used to erase the friction in consumer spending. By using sophisticated algorithms, card-linked offer platforms promise to deliver customized pricing to individual customers, 
seamlessly matching and balancing the price a specific consumer is willing to pay with the goods or services a specific merchant or supplier is willing to sell. In this new but very real world, there is no friction and no waste or unsold goods because the algorithms can always balance and find the right consumer at the right price and the right supplier to match that price. So while hyper-personalized offers seem like a very narrow application of AI, they are in fact a very big deal. They hold the promise of eliminating a significant amount of friction and waste in the biggest market of them all, consumer spending. And as you probably already know, consumer spending makes up two-thirds of the largest economy in the world, the U.S. economy. So it's a really, really big opportunity. For FinTech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. <laughs>